You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. Hey, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Jerry. In every episode, we're bringing you honest conversations about what really matters and how to create success without sacrificing the things you love the most. And before we get started uh, this week, wanted to just give a little bit of an announcement that uh, we got a few changes that are going to be coming up to the podcast here soon. And so uh, not not anything to worry about. Just uh, want to just give everybody a heads up that in the future, you might see a little bit different format and a few things coming your way. So you can be on the lookout for that. And we're excited about the new direction that things are going to be going and always looking to get better and always looking to improve. So just wanted to make that little announcement there. And then we'll get on to our topic for this week. And so on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about your first 90 days, because that's really the most important whenever you're starting a new endeavor, your first 90 days, your first 90 days as a real estate agent, your first 90 days getting into the business, what are some of the things that you should be thinking about? And then also a few stories from, you know, when we first got into the business, like what, what do we know now that we wish we would have known then? Well, I know you and I talked about the first 90 days, but I like the first hundred days better. Everybody does the first 90 days. So we should give them a hundred days. There you go. First hundred yeah. days. Everything goes in quarters, though. Everything goes in cycles. Yeah. So, you know, those 90 days is always good. But yeah, first yeah. 90 days, first hundred days. The most important thing, though, is that the way you start is actually the most important. And so what what are the things you need to look out for and what should you be concentrating on in your first 90 days on the job? I remember when I started in uh I feel like I was okay today, you know, like you, there's, there's the one day that today is going to be the first day of work. Right. And I remember thinking, all right, I'm all ready to go and we're good. And I'm at the brokerage and, you know, kind of been told I was going to get support. And if you have any questions, let me know. And I sit down and I'm like, I don't even know what my questions are supposed to be. Like I had, I had no idea what I should be doing at all when I started in the business. Yeah, that's the wildest thing. I think the real estate business is probably one of the most unique businesses that you get into because you take all this time getting ready, taking this test. And, you know, some people take a long time to, to finish their test. Some people, people just blast through it and finish it. I think you should just blast through the test as quickly as you can get that all over with, because literally what you studied on the test, the day you start in the office uh, I would say probably about 95% of everything that you have is not going to help you on that first day you walk into the office. Not at all. So I don't know how you did it. Here's how I did it. So uh, I've told this story before. The, uh, the original broker I worked for, he kept telling me I would be good at real estate. I was in heating and cooling. Um, I was running a commercial department for a heating, cooling, refrigeration contractor. And I'd known him for several years. He's like, oh, you'd do good. You'd do really good. You know so many people. Um, you got a good personality for it. Like he was just, you know, now looking back, that was his version of recruiting, right? He's looking for more agents. And then one day I'm sitting there at home 
And I get an email said from him, here, I bought the class for you. Do the class. And uh, so, okay, cool. And sat on that class. It was, so the class was good for 12 months, right? What do you, I sat on it for like 10 months. I had started it like three times and I was going to do the, okay, I'm going to do a little bit here, a little bit there. And ended up 10 months in. I was working for a company that was going through some some trouble and I we had a commercial residential department and I actually didn't think I was going to make it through Christmas at this company but they I was on the commercial side they let the manager go on the residential side like my equivalent on the residential side they let him go I actually thought that was going to be me so I'm like okay I made the first cut but I knew things weren't going well you know when you're in upper management comp- in a company and you start getting not invited to manager meetings, that's a good time to figure you're probably on your way out. So I'm like, all right, I got to get serious about taking this class. So I decided in one week, I'm going to do this class this week. I'm doing the whole 40-hour class online. So I went to work and I came home and sat at the dining room table, told the family, I'm doing this all week. I got to finish it. Finished that class, like on, you know, went Monday through Saturday, finished it. The following weekend, I went on a high school uh, retreat with our youth group from high school or you know, from church and had to take the test on Tuesday. Did the class in six days, went on a retreat, came back on Monday. I reviewed my notes one time. Tuesday, I went and took the test and passed it. So Man, I'm a, I believe that you should. Week. I believe you should blow through it as well. So in Michigan, we're a 40 hour class. I don't know what you are in Texas. Yeah, I'm not sure what the class is now. They they've changed it so much and they've got so many different requirements now. It's it's absolutely crazy. So when I came through, all you had to do was just I just read the book and took the took the test after each section and then that was it. Now you got to be on the webpage for a certain amount of time and and all of that. So they've got all these different yeah. requirements now. So Yeah, so I I kind of did the same thing. I did the same thing. I just I was uh Luckily for me, I, I never planned on being a real estate agent, so I never was planning on on uh, selling real estate. I was just trying to get market data because I was investing, doing investments, trying to wholesale properties. You couldn't get a realtor to help you? No, I couldn't. Yeah. I wasn't going to spend yeah. any money with a realtor. And so it, it made sense to me, you know, yeah. so I kept asking for information on the market. And, you know, I had a couple of folks that that gave me some information, but then uh, I just kept getting all the automated stuff, which you can you can extract some some data from that, but it's very very hard to do anything, uh, you know, anything that worth worth anything without like MLS data. So once I couldn't figure that out, I was like, okay, I'm gonna get my license because every investor they're like, you don't need to get a license. They're like, you don't need a license to be an investor, but you do need data, and no real estate agent. If you're in a, if you're buying and flipping, it's a little different. But if you're you're a wholesaler, there's not a lot of money for agents helping agents out as a wholesaler. You know, you got to get very very creative, especially when you first start out. So, I blasted through it, took the test, and passed it the first time. People always get hung up on taking the test. It's like, man, in Texas, you can fail the test three times. Michigan as well. Before you have to like go back and take like remedial classes, basically. And so, why not take the test? They're going to tell you what you missed. They're going to let you know what sections you failed. There's a national portion and a state portion. So, you know, if you pass the national portion, you're good. And then you can, if you don't pass the state test, you have to retake the state test. So if you pass one and don't pass the other, you only have to retake one of them. 
So just blast through it and uh, get it done. And then uh, once you do that, like I said, everything that you learned on the test is really, uh, you know, now you got to go find your first client. And so that's that's the hardest part from taking the test and uh, getting started actually in real estate because selling real estate and finding clients and running a business are two totally different things. So kind of a funny story. It was incredible. Like it really motivated me to like, okay, I'm onto something here. So I did not tell anyone outside of my house that I was getting my real estate license. Uh, one, I had to keep it on the down low. Um, I did not want to get back to the company I worked for at the time, but I didn't tell anybody. You know, part of that was probably like if I fail the test or, you know, probably some of that was a little pride and like, I, I, I don't want to be embarrassed by failing the test. Um, so I agent. took the test, passed the test. I was pleasantly surprised, like, because you do the test online. So I'm going through answering all the questions and I'm not one to go back and change any answers. Like it is what it is. So boom, it spins and then boom, you pass. Sweet. And in Michigan, in Michigan, then if you'd already selected your broker on your, when you, when you fill out the application for the test, if you selected your broker in that office, they print your real estate license, hand it to you and you are now a realtor. Yeah, that's crazy. And so I walked out of that office. I'm in the hallway of that building. And one of my buddies calls me and I said, guess what I am? He goes, what's that? I go, I'm a realtor. He goes, you're kidding me. I go, no. He goes, D and I just decided last night we're moving to Canton. And so I got my first client within three minutes of having my license. And yeah, that's crazy. I had my first closing in three weeks from that day. It was a cash sale. (laughs) Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. But that does tell you the power of letting people know that you're a realtor, though. Yes, exactly. And so that's the, you know, you can't be a secret agent. That's where that comes in. And I had negotiated with my new broker that I wanted 100% on my first four transactions. But when I asked for that, I didn't know you could do that. Like, I didn't know how flexible all this world was. And so I said, hey, I'm going to do this, but I'm going all in. And uh, I need I need 100% commission on my first four. I don't want to pay any split. And, and he agreed to that. He's like, you're not selling a million dollar house on yep. your first transaction. So I saw that I'm it was two, 250 <laughs> or so. And uh, no, it was 180, 175. The house is worth like 380 now. Um, but it was like 175. And it was a cash sale, got 3%. And I just remember having that check after, you know, being in some bad ways financially, having like, and at that closing, $5,400 check, like, what? That's all mine. That's what I did. Like, it was insane. The first check is always the greatest, no matter what you do, especially, man, and then seeing that. Cause I was, I was working, uh, yeah, I guess you could call it a nine to five. I wouldn't call it a nine to five. I was on call like 24 hours a day. I get a this call. This is the like pipeline. T- yeah. You're doing uh, well repair yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Pipe inspection for on a, on oil rig on a drilling rig. So in this normal for you to get a call at 12 at midnight and then, you know, you only get paid twice a month, but seeing those big checks drop into your bank account is always fun. Mm-hmm. So what is, so let's talk about this. What is the, uh, once you get your license, everybody knows what the, con- well, maybe everybody doesn't know what the conventional wisdom is. What is the conventional wisdom uh, when you get your first life, when you first get your license, what does everybody tell you to do versus what you should do? 
Um, yeah, so I think conventional wisdom is like, you know, get in the office, get around people, start taking some of the classes inside real in inside of real estate. Uh, you're gonna have to set up things like get your CRM. So that's where you manage your contacts. You need to know what CRM you're gonna do and you gotta start organizing that and getting your people in that. Um, you gotta know what, you know, set up some goals. And none of that makes you any money, right? And so I actually Googled like first 90 days in real estate and like the the top, like I pulled like three or four different people's like like what you need to do for the first, you know, 90 days. And on average, they get to like day 10 or 11 before you do anything that could possibly make you any money. And I think we're an industry of noise. There's no shortage of gadgets and tools and softwares and things you can pay for monthly. And, you know, real estate industry is an easy target for people to pay for things. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And so that is whenever you come in, that that is the first thing they they get you to come in. You're doing contract classes. You're doing all sorts of, you know, courses and getting all set up and all that. And, And really and I know when I first started, I was like, man, I just, I just want to make, I just need to make some money. Like, I don't, I don't really care what this CRM is. I don't care about DocuSign. I don't need to know how to sign documents. I don't need to know how to do anything. I need to be, figure out how I can get somebody to trust me to help them sell a house or se- to buy a house or sell a house. And I think that's really the most important thing is you got to figure out what is the quickest way for you to get to your dollar. And the quickest way is you got to start letting people know, right? So the thing I would do is just let every single person that you know, know that you're a real estate agent now, because when that happens, just like your story, there's always going to be like some low hanging fruit. Someone's going to be like, oh man, I just, I literally just decided that I wanted to buy a house exact same as your story. And you never know who you're going to bump into, right? So you're always talking about prospecting prospecting means you're looking for someone who is has the possibility of buying a house. The good thing about real estate is, is everyone, every person on the planet has to live somewhere. And so literally anybody that you talk to that has the financial capability of buying a house is a possible prospect for you. So you've got to open your mouth and start talking to people. That would be the first thing I would say you need to do. And I would say you can text people like texting is good, right? But you need to be talking to people. You need to open your mouth, let people know that you actually are a real estate agent. And then the next thing I would do is partner up with someone who's already been doing it that way. Once you do get that person, your mentor is what I would say. Your mentor can help you get contracts signed and answer all your questions and all that. Because number one is the relationship. The relationship with an individual or whoever you're with that's how you're going to start to build your business. So knowing what I know now in the business, looking back, if I had to start over, I would join a team and I wouldn't join just any team. You got to find a team that has a process for bringing new agents in. Um, There's a lot of teams out there, a lot of real estate teams. A lot of people say, Oh, you can come work with me and I'll, you know, give me 25, 35, 50% of, you know, I'll split with you. Anything you make will split, but I'll give you all the help. And that's good on the surface. But I see all the time, and I did this myself, 
is I said, yeah, you can come be a part of my team, but I didn't have any process for them. They basically had to duplicate what I was doing and not everybody can duplicate what I was doing. Not everybody has the personality to do that. And so, but I would find a team that has a process for bringing new agents on and getting them in positions to be under contract in the first 90 days. Yeah, I, that would be a hundred percent. I was just talking to an agent yesterday, actually, and uh, she she asked a really good question. You always want to ask good questions, and the questions you ask is going to be the quality of your life. And she's like, "Well, how long does it take you to have your first transaction?" Basically, is what she said. And I think that's exactly right. That's exactly the questions that you should be answering or be asking. And that's the something that. If it's a brokerage or a team, that's what they should be able to articulate, you know. And I was, I told her, like within the first two weeks, you should have something under contract and be ready to go. Yeah. You know, that's all super normal for for folks on our team to be able to do. Mm-hmm. You come in, you get onboarded. Onboarding shouldn't take you more than a week. It shouldn't take you. Shouldn't be longer than that. Everything should be set up. As a matter of fact, you can do that in a couple of days, actually. So you get set up. And then uh, we get you out, you get the script and then, uh, yeah, start talking to folks and get under contract. Yeah. So it's um, joining a good team that puts people on it, helps get under contract. Because the other thing about joining a good team is then you don't have to worry about a lot of the, the moving parts. You don't have to worry about like, where do I find the contracts? What contracts do I use? Uh, how do we lay the contracts out? Uh, how does the signing software work? Uh, how do we get you know, how do we get contracts to clients? How do we get them to agents? Um, what's the process? Like, what do I do about title? Like, there's so many moving parts. So if you join the good team, then you don't have to worry about any of that. You just have to worry about the client and getting them under contract. So if I join a team and, uh, but outside of that, the first thing that I would suggest is write down your top 100. Who who are the first 100 people that you know that they need to know that you're in real estate. And this can get uncomfortable for a lot of people. Uh, I've seen people, I've seen agents start in this business that don't want to tell their people. Um, that That is completely foreign to me. Um, I've, you know, I've built my business on being able to tell the people I know. So I'd make that list of 100 and call them and tell them you're, you're now in real estate. That's it. That's the conversation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's absolutely it. I think that's that's 100% of another great great uh, step to take. And I yeah, and I would take it further than 100. I would just let everybody know. Like I would just blast right. that thing on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere you go. But the top 100, the key there is, is those are probably people that you know intimately and so rather than just letting them know, that would be, you know, a conversation to be able to catch up with them, see kind of what's been going on with them. And then, yeah, letting them know that uh, that you are in the real estate game. I do want to go back to the team thing for, for one thing, because teams are always making these promises, right? What's the one thing teams promise that uh, that is really a key factor that you would not know if you were a new agent? And the thing I'm going to say is it's going to be leads. Everybody leads, says, leads, leads. hey, Every I've got time these, I've got these leads for you because everybody wants yeah. a lead, right? I got more leads than I know what to do with. I've got, yeah. you know, we can't handle all our leads. That's exactly You come right. here, you're going to get leads. And what's the one thing every time you talk to an agent about coming on your team, what's the one thing they say that their broker never did? No, they never gave them any leads. They never gave them leads. <laughs> 
And I think the key uh, distinction here, though, is that you have to understand what a lead actually is, right? And what type of leads yeah. you should be getting as a real estate agent and outside sales agent. And so there's a real, real clear distinction here. So if somebody just, you know, clicks in off of Facebook and is like, hey, I want some information on a property, that is not actually a lead. I guess you could call it a lead, but that is a prospect. That is not a lead. That's not someone who more than likely is going to I say, hey, okay, I want to go see this house. Let's go look at it. All right, I'm pre-approved and let's get under contract. And so that's one of the things you need to know is, is, you know, as you look at those things, well, what type of leads are you going to be giving me? Are you just going to be throwing people at me that I have no clue who they are? They don't know who I am. They don't know what they're getting. And then when I call them, they're like, who are you? <laughs> the key thing is, is when you, a lead, is someone when you call them, they are ready to buy a house and they also know who you are, right? They're like, oh, okay, yeah, I am interested in looking at that house. You are a real estate agent. Okay, this makes sense. But a lead is not, you call somebody up and they go, oh, no, I, I don't know who you are. Yeah, I just clicked on that last night because, you know, I was up in bed and uh, I just wanted to see the pictures. Yeah. That will change your life. <laughs> you want to bonk your head against the wall 500 times <laughs> that will that will uh change your experience as a new real estate agent oh that one for sure will and yeah <laughs> i'm just laughing it's uh crazy the other thing about joining a team though is the thing that i did um and i'd say this was probably more luck than knowledge than knowledge but i recommend it don't get hung up on the splits so many agents I talk to, well, if I only do three deals by myself, it's, you know, I'll make more than if I were to do seven deals on the team and don't get hung up on that. Cause that seven deals, uh, you know, has a much higher lifetime value to you as a new agent than the three deals that you're going to struggle with to get through. The one thing that I even did early is I had showed some early success. I, and by success, I was willing to hustle. I mean, I worked hard. I worked a lot of hours. I talked to people about real estate. I did, you know, I, I was doing the things and my broker saw that. And so when I went to him and said, hey, what do you have like for uh, leads or referrals? And he were, he put me in the program that he had and it was connected to Quicken Loans at the time uh, through, so Quicken Loans had a real estate company called In-House Realty. And so Quicken would get the people that apply for mortgages Hey, you know, they'll ask, hey, do you have an agent? If not, they sent them to in-house real estate. And then in-house had relationships with local realtors. And so I would get a referral. And but I paid a lot of money for those referrals. So one in-house got 35%. And so that left 65 on the table. And I split that 50-50 with my broker on probably 25 deals in the first couple of years um, to really. That, but that really honed my skills because I was doing a, a you know pretty substantial volume of buyers as far as you know compared to if I hadn't done if I hadn't done that program. Um, but you know, so I did that and made a percent, you know, and there's deals that I remember like 13, 1400 commissions on a low-end thing, but it didn't matter to me. Like the dollar volume, none of that mattered because I felt like I was investing in my future by doing. Um, I think I thought that the more deals I did, uh, the more relationships I established, that was going to put me ahead in the future. 
So don't get hung up on the split. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So what you're saying is don't get hung up on the split, but yet I got to make money. So uh, I'm going to push back on this one. What do you okay. what do you mean? What do you mean? Don't don't worry about the split. I mean, I got to make money. If I give all my money away, then what am I going to do? Well, you got to get with a team that's going to show you that under their system, they can make that you're going to make money. And there are ways to make money and still pay for the things that a good team is going to give you. Because if you don't pay for those good things, the team's going to give you, that's going to all be noise and going to get in your way of actually making money. Yeah. I think the key factor here is you got to figure out where the value is at, right? Mm -hmm. Is the, is the team you're with bringing you enough value for uh, what you're, what you're giving away. Right. And so uh, that's the real key thing because everybody gets caught up on splits. Everybody gets caught up on splits, but no matter what, you're giving a split away. You're either going to split it in the fact that you're not doing more deals or you're going to split it in the fact that you're going to do more deals with you know, whoever you're with. And so I think that's the key thing. You have to decide what do you want to do? Do you want to be a one, you know, do you want to do three deals a year or do you want to do 20 deals a year and so this is like this is the this is the big conundrum (laughs) use that word for new agents right because if you're in it for the long game i think this is a great conversation for us to talk about if you're in it for the long game especially in real estate having less deals is a problem for a real estate agent if you have the option to do 20 deals or you have the option to do five if I was a real estate agent, especially knowing what I know now, I would never do five. I would always do 20 as a real estate agent. Why is that? Because deals always fall through. So would you do would you do 20 deals to make the same amount of money you did to do five de- to do those five deals? 100 percent I would want so you do 20 deals and be willing to make the same amount of money as if you had done the five deals by yourself. One hundred percent. Well, why is that? There's there's a few reasons why. Number one is because deals fall through, right? So if I have five deals and three of them fall through, now I have two deals and my anxiety just went through the roof. If I have 20 deals and five of them fall through, I still got 15 left. I don't care Mm -hmm. if the other if five fall out. Now, of course, I care. But the thing is, is also the more deals you have the better you can serve your client. Because if I have five deals and three fall out, anybody who says they they are not going to try to keep that deal together for themselves is lying to themselves. And your job, you're a fiduciary. You have to do what's in the best interest of your client, not what's in the best interest of you. And when you're not worried about money, you can do what's in your client's best interest when you're not worried about money. But if you are a new agent and you have 80% of your deals that fall out, you can't serve your client at the highest capacity. That's that's number one. Number two is if I have 20 deals, you have to know the lifetime value of a client. And so if I do five and let's say I get one referral from each of those five, which probably isn't going to happen, but let's just say I do. Now I've got 10 deals. Well, if I get one from each of those 20, now I've got 40. So if you know the real estate game, then you know it's about the speed that you can do transactions. And so even if you're taking less money, doing more deals is always the better answer for you. 
Yeah, there was one of the clients that my, uh, it's actually my broker's wife called me up. Hey, um, I got a client that wants to see this $62,000 condo. Would you want to show it? Yeah, I'll show it. You know, she didn't want to show a $60,000 condo. So I went and showed it and they bought it and they actually bought it for cash. That client, I've done seven deals with that family. A $62,000 condo, we turned around and sold it for two hundred. dollars and then he bought a $600,000 house and then he sold that. And then another one of his, uh, his daughter, I helped them buy, I helped them sell like a 250. Yeah. I've done like seven deals with that family off of that $62,000 condo that she didn't want to take the time to show. And those I've got, I got half a dozen of those stories like um, that. I was able to all those deals early in my career that I gave away you know, two thirds of the commission. I've, you know, I've turned that into so many deals and, you know, in repeat business, repeat clients, referral business, because I was able to establish a relationship with them. So it was definitely the lifetime value was definitely worth me, you know, given that split up. Yeah. And as a new agent, you've got to be willing to work no matter what it is. You just have to have to grind it out. That's just how this business is. But what the thing I see is that most agents, you know, they want to take most of the cut in the beginning as though they're an experienced agent and you just can't do that. Sales is hard in the beginning. And then as you mine your database and as you build that, you know, reputation up, then you can start to be a little bit more picky and choosy about what you do and then give that opportunity to someone else. Right. So for myself now, like I, I'm not going to be going on those smaller, smaller deals at the moment. Right. And so now, but I do have the ability to hand those off to other agents now and give them the opportunity to build relationships with all of those clients now, you know? And so I just think it's very short-sighted for you to do that. So it, at my old brokerage, we had, we did a lot of relocation and relocation. They take 36 to 40%. I've even done one for 45%, 45% of the deal off the top. And then after that, it was on a 70, 30, uh, for the rest of, for the rest of the deal, you know? And so depending on what size deal that was, you know, you're basically, you're not doing it for free, depending on how much you're marketing yourself and what you're doing, adding to your, uh, client for their experience. But you're pretty close to nothing once you once you give 40% off the top. And so a lot of folks won't do those deals, but if you're building a database and you're for the long haul, that is the way to build a very strong real estate business. Yeah, I am of the I'm of the opinion when you're new, you do every single thing you can do. You take every deal that you can do. Like to me, like I was just running the numbers because I always equated being in heating and cooling and we owned a heating and cooling business and so through some of those lean years when like we were really struggling, uh, you know, through 08, 09, and we were really struggling to make any income. Um, I always think like, oh man, I don't want to do a $50,000 deal. It's $1,500 commission. Man, what would I have done for $1,500 paycheck back in the day when I was doing, when I was installing furnaces? You know, I'd be happy to walk away with 500 that day. And so you're talking like $1,500, you know, if you equate it like 10 hours worth of work, maybe, you know, wait, it's 115 hours. Like sometimes I think in real estate, we lose sight of the money that we're talking about, especially when you're new, you know, it's a little different when you get into building a team or building a business, it has to have a different look to it. But when you're new, you know, like 
oh, it's only $1,500 commission. Like when I hear agents say that, I'm like, it's $1,500. Like that's a substantial paycheck, right? And I never even looked at the money. What I look at is, is it's a process, right? It's it's not even about, for myself, it's not even about the money. It's about building a process and building a muscle and building the habits of being able to serve someone and being just doing real estate. And so even if I did a $20,000 deal, if I did 20 of them, I'm going to be more familiar with the process. If you only do three and I do 20, I'm going to be able to serve somebody better. I'm going to know what the pitfalls are. I'm going to know what questions to ask. I'm just going to have more experience in that first year than you got at all. And I, I still, I always go back to you. You are a fiduciary. You have to do what's in the client's best interest. And if you only do three, four, five deals yeah. a year, you are, you can't serve someone in the highest capacity. You just cannot. You yeah. need to have deals that you have done. You need multiple deals that have been done in order to serve someone at a high capacity. Now, so what you're talking- saying when what you're talking about, like in the fiduciary. So if you have, if I'm doing 20 deals versus five deals, if three deals fall out of the 20, it doesn't affect you near as much. But if two deals of the five fall out, are you saying you're making, you're putting yourself in a position not to make the best decision for the client because you need that paycheck? Yeah, it's a, it's multifaceted, right? This is all, everything builds on itself. One part of it is, is you've done so more, many deals, you just have more experience. Mm-hmm. So you just know what to ask, you know what to look for. The other part of that is, is yes, if you have a broke agent and they have two deals and one of them is going to fall through, that agent is probably going to do whatever they can to get that deal to go through, even if that might not be in the best interest of their client, because they've got to eat, you know, and everybody goes through that. So you're, you're now you're challenging your integrity on, man, should I, I've got to eat. This might not be the best decision for my client, but we need this deal to go through. Well, we don't, you, the agent do, (laughs) you know? And so, you know, when you, when you're looking at it that way, you know, you can, you just, you're, your interests are being put in front of the client's interest and you don't want that to happen. I cut you off. Uh, were you saying something else? Do you remember? I don't remember where we were going yeah. with that, but I just, I just, I just love, I just want to beat home the, the yeah. oh yeah. What I was going to say is, is I do talk to agents who only want to do two or three deals a year. Right. So I talked to one agent the other day and she's like, well, you know, I'm fine doing, she's a mom. She's got kids. I'm fine doing eight deals a year. Two of, two of the deals she did were with her parents, right? And so if you're doing a deal for your parents, it's a little bit different deal than than doing a deal with someone that you don't that you don't know at all because your parents are probably going to give you a little bit more grace on the on the transaction. They they want to help you out, you know, that sort of deal. And so, you know, if that's the model you want to go, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but just know that I just think every realtor, every real estate agent should strive to give everyone the best service. And I think to do that, that is doing the most deals that you can. So where are we at in the next step here? Now we're talking about first 90 days. What's the next step? What's the next step on your list? Uh, So the things that I wrote down, um, you know, the team's really going to help drive you, but I did the top 100 and I know what you're saying. Like you you tell everybody I'm saying like for me and the experience I've had with agents, I want them to start with the top 100 
as the stepping stone to everybody, because I think that makes it a little more manageable for them. Um, I think you need to be uh, active on social media. Uh, I think that's where it's at. When you're, when you're trying to get the word out, um, you need to, so you need to do social media uh, to your benefit. And so that means you might have to change your, you know, the way you look on social media, as far as like what you post, um, for me, my social media is, you know, it's my family, it's real estate, and it's like maybe some of my hobbies and my dog, but it is nothing. You're never going to see me comment, post, do anything political at all on there. I want to make sure that uh, I can be a, you know, a, I don't want to disenfranchise half of my audience just by something I say. So I'm really cautious with that. So, so I think social media is a great place for, it was good for me to get the word out that I'm doing something new. And because I went from heating and cooling to real estate and I was in my mid forties, like, so that was a midlife career change. Like that, there was a story there and people were interested in it. And I always, you know, I always made it the appearance of, I was busy and I was happy and I was loving it. And that was the conversation. Oh, you, man, I'm super excited for you. I know it's been a rough couple of years. It uh, looks like you're having a lot of fun. It looks like you love it. It looks like, you know, and I had a lot of those conversations in the early days using then basically Facebook was the main one. The other thing is you need to learn what to say. There's there's a handful of talking points in 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 the industry. And when you're talking to somebody, you need to know what to say. Um, and here's the crazy thing. So I got into real estate in 2013. I never even heard the word script until 2015. I didn't know there was scripts of things to say. And you know, you can go either way on how you feel about scripts, but there is a certain set of talking points that I learned from learning scripts. I wouldn't say that I follow a script, you know, word for word anymore, but there's a certain set of talking points. And there's only a handful of objections to certain things. And so you learn how to have a conversation around those. So you got to learn what to say. Really important. Um, yeah. So for, for social, so let's go back to the social media. Social media is absolutely crucial in today's market. As a new agent, the one thing that's going to happen is immediately when you get your license, you're going to start getting these emails about, hey, uh, send out these postcards or, you know, farm, farm an area or, uh, you know, whatever else it is. People are going to be trying to get you to pay money in order for you to get your name out. Well. When you become an agent, you've got to look at social media no longer as consumption. Social media is no longer consumption. Social media is your number one marketing platform, and it is free. It's mm -hmm. absolutely free. Now, you can also pay for ads as well, but you can do everything that you need to do. You can get out to thousands and thousands and thousands of people just by posting on social media. And so rather than when you first come on, most people don't have a lot of money to do marketing. And so the best thing you can do is get your face in front of your iPhone or your Android, whichever one you use, and post that on social media, whichever one it is. It doesn't matter which platform you use, just get on one and get out there. And that is your marketing. Everybody talks about marketing, and then they don't want to they don't want to do a video and put it up on social media because they're worried about what they're going to look like or what they're going to sound like. But marketing is the number one key to your business. You know, you're going to call people for sure. That's like prospecting. 
but you also need marketing as well. And social media is the easiest way to market. So that's like the one thing I want to get across to like new agents is, is like marketing. Social media is not for consumption. Social media is strictly for marketing. They've got every, every data, data point about the person that's on, that's on the, uh, on their platform, right? They know who you are. They know where you go. They know everything about you. It is 100% the, and when you're new, it's 100% the easiest way to get the message out to the people that know you. If your page becomes about real estate. And so like, sometimes like, I'm like, what do I post? I don't know what to post. It, it was amazing when early in the early days, um, how many posts I could get off of one transaction, you know? So I, Oh, I got a new client. I'll show in houses today. Oh, we put an offer in on this house. Check it out. And then I'm in the backyard. Cause I want the picture to look different. Oh, we got an offer accepted. Check it out. And then, Oh, today's inspection day. Oh, we're clear to close. How exciting is that? My people are going to get a house. There's, you know, we got a family living, you know, fulfilling their dream. Oh, closing day. Oh, my people moved in. You could turn one house into like nine posts. And I remember like I had one deal pending and people at church like, man, you look like you're really busy. Yep. Loving it. And so there's plenty of stuff uh, as far as content to, to post on social media to let people know that you're, that you're in the game. The other thing I want to touch on. So you have the social media, learn what to say. And the more you learn what to say, the more, you know, what to say on social media, but three things that I I wrote down, three things that really helped me to be able to talk um, and really be educated was I previewed houses. I'll bet you for two months, I previewed four houses a day went on. It, it got me good with setting up showings uh, with communicating with agents, working lock boxes, understanding how the process of going through a house looks and works, and you know, mapping listings out. Like so, I had that all figured out when I started working with buyers. So I was previewing at least four houses a day. And if you're an A, I mean, you can preview four. If you're like in one neighborhood, you can pre- preview four houses in half hour, forty five minutes, because you're not. I mean, you're just you're in and out. Right. And then I was able to use some of that for social media as well. And then I did a CMA every day. I'll bet you for two months. So a CMA, a comparative market analysis. So I want, I took a house and I did a market analysis for it. And so I would, I would talk to other agents in my office. Hey, what listing do you have coming up? And I would do a CMA and then I would want to compare it to theirs or, I would do a CMA on a, like a you know coming soon listing and I would leave it and I would track it to see how did my CMA work versus the sold price. And so I did I did a ton of CMAs in the beginning. And then That's I what I, would, I would I would say that is yeah that is a uh, skill that was probably the number one skill you need to learn and so that exercise there is absolutely crucial. I did the same thing and that is you do your CMA and then you figure out how you hold on to it and you wait for that house to go under contract or sell. And then you compare it to how that house actually sold on the market. And that is going to be a skill that is going to, is going to serve you throughout your real estate career because pricing a house and knowing the values of homes and previewing homes is actually the value of an agent. 
Okay. That's the value of an agent with Zillow and realtor.com and everything else. I can't say what anything more important in this podcast episode that we have is that having that skill as a real estate agent is absolutely crucial because that is one thing that cannot be replicated. And so that is, uh, yeah, that's, that's a really important one for sure. The other thing I did was I pulled stats for all the cities that I, that I was around. So for me, like Livonia, Westland, Canton, Plymouth, and I knew days on the market, price per square foot, average sale price, um, how many houses are actively listed in that market, how many houses sold. Like I always knew that. And so when you have that information and you're talking with somebody and you start, you, you talk like that, you become the expert. Um, and you don't have to, you know, it was pretty condensed in what information I knew, but I was able to talk educated and, um, you know, factual. And it really made me sound like I knew what I was talking about, but I was also putting the work in. That's the number one question anyone's going to ask you when you become a real estate agent. They're going to ask you, actually, I think there's probably like two or three. Is now a good time to sell? Is now a good time to buy? And then they're going to ask you, how's the market? That's the number one question. How's the how's market? The market? Yeah, every and day. So you need to have an answer to that question, uh, no matter what. And, where, and you need to have an opinion, even if your opinion's not right. You know, you need to have an opinion on what's going on because that's what people want to know. They want to know what your opinion is of the market and how they can trust you to be able to get them where they want to go. So that was my notes. And then the uh, the only other thing I had was the, you know, you'll hear quite a bit. You need to be doing the money making activities. And what that means is uh, what do you have? You're prospecting, setting appointments and negotiating contracts. And then those are the three main ones. I know I'm missing one, but yeah, writing contracts, negotiating contracts. Yep. Yeah. So that's exactly right. So to recap here, what are the, uh, what are the steps? We just went through everything. Just give me your list out, uh, your steps for first 90 days. What do you think is most important to you off that list? Off that list, join a team, join a good team, make your list of your top for me, it was 100, but you know, your list of everybody, cause you want everyone to know that you're in the business. Don't be a, you know, you hear it all the time. Or we hear it all the time. Don't be a secret agent. Learn what to say, preview houses, do a CMA every day, and pull the stats for the area you work in. Yeah, really, really good. And so, as a yeah, side note, from the very beginning, no matter if you join a team or don't join a team, use a transaction coordinator. Yeah, that's absolutely right. From you the should, beginning. You shouldn't be doing any administrative work on anything. Yeah, so I would say is uh, letting everybody know that you're an agent. That's number one, letting everybody know that you're an agent. You've got to find a process to take people from prospect to client to close. And so however you are going to do that, that is what you need to do. And obviously joining a team is the best way to do that. So how can you get the most transactions done in the least amount of time when you first get started? Do not take three months to do your first deal. Do not take three months to do your first deal. If it takes you that long to do your first deal, you need to be talking to someone or you need to find someone who can help you get under contract immediately. It does not take three months to get your first deal under contract. Now, it might take you three months to get it closed, but it doesn't take you three months to get your first deal under contract, right? So do as many deals as you can. Let people know that you're an agent. And then, yes, figure out what to say, how to say it, and when to say it. That is the most important thing as well. 
You've got to know what to say, how to say it, and when to say it. Because that's usually why you don't talk to people, because you don't uh, you don't know what to say. And as a new agent, you're not going to know what to say. So you do need a script. So make sure whoever you work with, they have a script. And I think that's really about it, man. I think those are uh, if you hit those points and you go through on there, you know, you're going to be you're going to be successful and just getting yourself out there, getting your hands dirty. And, uh, you know, that's that's really the main key point. So you, you follow those five or six steps, you'll shave two years off of what we did. 100%. 100%. If you ever have any questions, you can always reach out to myself or Jerry. We're always here to help you help you out. We always have people asking us a lot of questions as well. And uh, I just love talking about this stuff and helping people seeing people grow, go from nothing to, you know, multiple transactions is always awesome. So we want to thank you for joining us on the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, talking about your first 90 days in the business, what you need to do, what you need to be, what you need to do in order to be successful. And so as always, if you got any value from this, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star rating and review, and then we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes.